been a while. Yeah. What you been up to? Existential <laughs> <laughs> Only, only right now when you ask me what I've been up to, mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. Okay. It all sort of just blends together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was really, really sick mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. Sick, like with, with a viral infection. Oh wow. Yeah. But not COVID. No, we tested negative. Yeah. Yeah. Jane and I had our first uh, night away. Nice. Overnight away. Nice. From the kiddo. We went to Edmonton. Uh, I got tickets to a, see a comedian mm -hmm. that I enjoy. Yeah. For my birthday. Who's, so, the, who's the comedian? Ryan Sickler. Canadian guy? No. Oh. Americano. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's his thing? What's his shtick? His big deal now is this, the honeydew. It's a podcast that he does. Oh, yeah. And it's a phenomenal podcast. It's about telling the worst stories that have ever happened to you in your life. Right. And just having a fucking laugh about right. it. Right. And it's just, uh, it's a, a really phenomenal podcast that's uh, usually filled with comedians. Who are Got just it. talking about how fucked up things are. Right. And just having a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of his set now sort of touches on shit like that, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm actually listening to a new podcast right now. Mm. I don't even remember how I heard about it, but I did. I heard about it in passing, and I thought, ooh, I should check that out, because, you know, it could be lame, or it might be actually pretty decent. It's called Smartless, and it features... Um, uh, three Hollywood types uh, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett who's Canadian um, so it's nice to have a Canadian presence on a Hollywood style podcast but they um, th their shtick at least at the beginning is one of the three hosts knows who the guest is going to be mm. and keeps it as a surprise to the other two so that they can't prepare anything right so that it's fresher and more, you know, uh, interesting stream of consciousness kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've they've interviewed everybody from Paul McCartney to Kamala uh, Harris to Halle Berry to you know right. Mike Myers, um, and it's uh, it's you, they, the the episodes usually last about an hour. Um, it's been it's been all right. Cool. I've listened to three or four of them so far, and I've got all the ones I want to listen to all lit, lined up. It's been pretty fun so far. We'll see if uh, I make it through the list before I get bored. Because I find, and this is going to sound really funny coming from me, of all people, considering what we're doing, mm -hmm. uh, I, I find it very hard, actually, to stick with a podcast. Like, it's got to really keep me involved. Like I said, irony. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, choices, right? Of course. So yeah, so you've been sick, and... Um, Comedy show? Now you're better? Uh, ish, sort of, kind mostly. Of, yeah, yeah, mostly recovered? Yeah, it was a long time. The comedy show was good, I take it? Oh man, it was amazing. Where'd you stay while you are up there? West Edmonton Inn, oh, just yeah. across the street. Yeah. 
Yeah, the comedy show was really very good. Nice. Really needed it. It was nice to get out, spend the weekend or the day, night, and the day with my wife for the first time in fucking four years. And uh, I made the fine laugh a couple times, and that always feels good. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Best in a long time. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out why it was so good. And I think it's because my drugs are working. <laughs> I think my crazy drugs have started to work. Nice. Well, not better, but man, I get way less frustrated. Good. Way less snappy. Yeah, it's interesting. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I thought, I, I thought about this um, earlier today. So this is episode 18. Actually, it's 19. And I thought, shit, how long have we been at this? Uh-huh. And I went back to look at when episode one was. It was 11 months ago. Oh, really? 11 months. Wow. Yeah. So we'll be coming up on, I guess, our year anniversary in another month. Another couple episodes at most. Which blows my mind. And episode 20 might be our... Might be our year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of wild. That is wild. <laughs> and uh, welcome to episode 18 of Talk Box. Talk Box. Actually, it's 19. Uh, another one of those. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what the fuck Nothing doing special. Today. Yeah, we don't know. What we're uh, in about. honor of Canadian Thanksgiving, uh, we get to have it first. Uh, because of our shorter growing season, uh, we're naming this our cornucopia of topics. Yeah. And uh, boy, what a cornucopia we have. Because there's a lot of shit going down in the world. Yeah, there's a couple things. Yeah. Before we get into some of the more gonzo ones, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell the story about uh, what happened to me while I was on vacation. Yeah. With my iPhone. Mm-hmm. It was a bizarre situation. So there's a bit of a background story to this, because uh, it's not like I was never having problems um, with my iPhone at all. Uh, but what happened was, or or what sort of led to this in the first place, was when my granddaughter started using an iPad. I decided that the easiest way to share or get apps on her device was to just, you know, um, sign her up under my account. Right. And that way, if she wanted something, she would just tell me, I would get it, it would download onto my device, and I would just delete it because I didn't care about, you know, any kids apps or whatever. And then it would also simultaneously show up on her device, and that was the end of it. But then as she got older, I realized that that was probably a shitty way to manage um, app sharing if for if and when she was ever going to, you know, maybe come into her own money and maybe just want to be able to buy her own apps instead of it always getting charged to my card. So we finally set her up with her own iTunes account mm-hmm. and then just linked it to mine using family sharing. Yep. And it works. Mm-hmm. But... I was having these glitch situations because what would happen was things would be going great. I'd get a a request. I'd approve it. 
request to prove it. And so on and so forth. And then every once in a while, out of the blue, I'd get this message from her saying, uh, are you going to prove that request or not? And I'd be like, what request? And she'd go, I sent you a request for an app. And I'd look through my history of notifications and there was nothing there. Occasionally there would be, but, it, you know, because I'd be driving or something and the notification wouldn't come through. But more often than not, it just never came through, period. And I'd be like, I wonder what that's all about. And I did a, a, a mediocre amount of troubleshooting on it and then just, you know, decided to do what most people do when they're faced with glitchy behavior with their device. I turned it off and turned it back on again. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, when she sent the request again, it came through instantly. So I thought, okay, well, that's shitty, but it doesn't happen all the time. It's an easy fix. Moving on. Right. Then I'm in, I'm on vacation in, in California a few weeks ago. And uh, she's like, did you get my uh, request? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, let me know when you're ready to try it again. I rebooted. She sent the request mm -hmm. and it came through mm -hmm. so I clicked approve and it asked for my Apple ID and I was like wait a second it doesn't normally do that because I've got the family sharing configuration set up so that it just recognizes my face and says oh you approve okay fine I know who I know you here have the app and it mm -hmm. didn't do that it asked for my ID and I mean, my phone never asks me for my Apple ID password. Right. Never. It's just set up not to do it because it's such a pain in the ass. Right? Yeah. So when it does, I know there's something wrong. Right. Right? So I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. So I, I put in my password and I, uh, but there was no indication as to whether or not it worked. Right. So I text her and say, did, did you get it? She's like, no. Now, my mistake was asking her right away, did she get it? I should have waited. Had I waited, I probably wouldn't. What happened next probably never would have happened. Right. But I got impatient. You know, I'm on vacation. I want to get back to what I'm doing. It's not working. She has no, it didn't seem to come through. So I said, try it again. She tries it again, and I get the request again, and I hit approve again, and again it asks me for my bloody Apple ID password. Now all you, all you iOS fanboys out there, or gurus, are probably just laughing your asses off right now, going, oh, I know what this is, you know, or whatever, but I didn't. So now I'm troubleshooting. I'm looking, looking up shit, reading articles, and they're like, okay... Try this, try this, try this, try this, try this. And I'm just like, that's not what it is. 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 Already tried that, already tried that. And one of the last things that it asked to do is sign out of iCloud, sign back in. And I thought, well, I haven't tried that. Uh, and before I could hear the little voice at the back of my head going, no, don't do it. I did it. Right. I signed out of iCloud. Because you you're pissed off and you just right. want it to just wanna, work. I just want to do it, right? I just yep. want to get it over with. I just want to fix this thing. Mm -hmm. Then I get a text. Just to everybody listening, I'm sitting here 
listening to Carl's, Carl's story with a huge smile on right. my face, exactly. knowing that right. that was a huge mistake. That's right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so then I get a text from her saying, I got it. And I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> That's fucking impossible. <laughs> you never asked for it again. So you must have got it from one of the first two requests that happened before I signed out of iCloud. Which, you know, again, had I gotten that text before I did the dirty deed, yep. none of what was about to be described would have happened. I signed out of iCloud, I signed back in, got the text saying that she got the, they got the app and everything is golden. Well, it was fucking golden for her, but it sure as hell wasn't golden for me. Because the next thing that I knew, uh, we get back into a, my rental car, which I had set up for uh, Apple CarPlay, uh, or not not Apple CarPlay, just just uh, streaming audio from my phone, from Apple Music, mm -hmm. and I go to uh, it automatically starts playing this particular song. Now the funny thing is, how I know when Apple Music or any other streaming service is is fucking around, is when this song plays first. Because it's the one and only song I've ever paid for. Oh, yeah. So whenever the streaming library that I only have in my possession because of having a subscription to Apple Music is glitched, it starts playing that song. Because that's the only song it suddenly is aware of. The one I bought. Yep. So now I'm like, oh, here we go. So I press the next button, and it starts playing that song again. And I'm like, great. You know, half an hour ago, I had close to 2,300 songs in my library. Now I've got one. The one I bought seven or eight years ago. And I'm just like... I cannot enjoy my vacation if I can't play my music while we're driving around California. So I, I couldn't get it to work. I got back, we got back to the hotel room and now I'm, I'm like researching the shit out of this. Right. And I'm like, like what is going on? And I'm like, okay, it became obvious from the signs and the evidence that I saw that my Apple Music was aware that I had a library of almost 2,300 songs. It even was able to list them for me. It just wouldn't down... They were no longer downloaded, even though even the storage on my phone showed that I had a shitload of music stored on my phone. So they're there, mm -hmm. but Apple Music is like, what music? There's no music on this phone from that library. It's all in the cloud. And here I am, you know, fucking on another carrier in the U.S. roaming with a limited amount of data, possibly, right? Yeah. Or oh, yeah. who knows? Yeah. I don't want to be streaming music over data, you know, only to find out that, you know... It cost oh, you $4,000. Yeah, it cost me $4,000 or whatever. So I, I didn't enable... Uh, uh, streaming over data, and I thought, why can't I just get the goddamn songs on my phone like it was before? Like yeah. I'd listen to them offline. 
And um, I got back to the hotel room again, and I tried to enable downloading, but it looked like it already was. And it was. That's what I didn't, that's, that's what didn't click. Downloading was enabled, but it wasn't doing anything. Now, I came to realize later, and I'll say it now in case I forget to mention it later, the reason it wasn't doing anything is because it's designed not to do anything. The reason I got all my library to download to my iPhone for offline listening when I signed up for Apple Music is because I turned that on right away and as I added songs to the library, they downloaded to the phone automatically. But it's not retroactive. So when you disconnect from iCloud and reconnect to it, Apple Music pretends like, what? And it ignores the fact that you've already downloaded all that music and pretends like you're starting all over again Right. with regards to that device. Gotcha. I had no idea that was the case. No, it's... Because none of the articles I read saying, why, why isn't my music downloaded anymore? None of them made reference to that until later when I got home from California. So I'm like, oh my God, nothing would download. But yet I would go on... Anyway, I would do something, I forget what I did, some combination of fucking stupid steps that I should never have to do. And the next thing I knew, I had five songs downloaded. And then it would only cycle through those five songs. And at this point now, I was pretty much ready to take the phone and just flick it out the window at the nearest California hobo and just be done with it. Uh, so I just gave up on, on streaming music, right. uh, period, for the rest of the trip. And, and that was that. And, you know, it was like Darlene was like, well, let's listen to this. Let's listen to some radio. And I was just like, no, <laughs> I am not stooping to radio Carl again in my life. And she's like, oh, you're going to listen to something. So we had to listen to fucking radio. And I don't know if if you listen to radio at all, mm -hmm. but radio now is just nothing but a nonstop commercial with a few songs interrupting the commercial from time to time. Yeah. It's just an absolute gong show. Yep. Um, and I, and I, it, I cringed for every second that I had to experience it. So go to Gas Up. I have a Shell app. I, I tell the Shell app that uh, I'm gassing up at pump number three at this Shell station. And it goes, how you want to pay? Uh, Apple Pay. Okay. Um, we don't have a card associated with that. And I'm like... You've got to be kidding me. My Apple wallet has a credit card in it. Well, not according to, not according to your Apple wallet. And I'm just like, really? So, so it broke my downloaded library. It broke the credit card that I had in my Apple wallet. Yep. And then uh, I finally discovered what the problem was. Uh, you know, aside from the fact that you should never, ever, ever, ever disconnect from Apple from iCloud, ever. The reason I could not get my library to download is because even though you have your download the library enabled, it'll only do it going forward. Yeah. 
So any yep. song I would have added to the library from then on would have automatically downloaded. Yeah. And then the guy who wrote, and it was an, an absolutely amazing YouTube how-to uh, demonstration on this very problem, said, so here's what you have to do, because you'll notice that if you try to individually download a song from your library, it'll work just fine. So what you need to do is you need to put all of your library in a playlist. Then you'll have the ability to download that entire playlist, which doesn't make any sense at all. Weird. And your phone won't even let you do it. You actually have to do it in iTunes mm. on your computer, which it showed you how to do that, which it, it in and of itself was not intuitive. And once I got that playlist created and everything added to it, I was able to go on my phone and go, download that motherfucker. And boom, two hours later, the whole library was now re-downloaded. Which is weird because the data was already there. Exactly. Um, and, mm. and I haven't even gone back to check whether that actually doubled the amount of space right. that Apple Music is now using of my phone's memory. But I have no idea, and I really could care less at this point, yeah. because all I know is now I can listen to my music offline in my car, and that's all I care about. Right. But what a gong show. Yeah. I remember when that happened to me. And I just said, fuck it, and I wiped the device <laughs> and started over. I don't blame you. And it worked instantly. Like, I, I had it resolved. I had it resolved in no time at all. Because when you wipe it, like, they're, the it songs starts aren't all over. over right, yeah. They're gone. Yeah. All right. So then you go in and boop, boop, down and, they go. And, the th and that's what I was afraid of. Like, I was like, okay, library, please don't be reset to nothing. Right, right. Because... I spent weeks right. creating my library from what I used to have in Spotify right. in Apple Music. And I was like, please don't make me have to do that all over again because I'm not going to be able to remember what I wanted. Right. Which is, okay, in the grand scheme of things, not the end of the world. Yeah, but the for a guy, first world problem. Yeah, total first world problem. But for a guy whose music is so important to him as it is to me, it was a huge deal. So I was just mm -hmm. like, okay, whew, the library is there. Oh, now give me my goddamn music and put it on my phone. It was just like, what, what are you talking about? Download my music. Okay. No. Like, download it. Okay. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's frustrating. And there's so many different combinations of settings in Apple Music that you can toy with. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I got them set in the wrong combination. So I'm trying to turn one off and leave the other two on. And I'm trying to turn that one back on and turn one of the other two off. And like every combination of that and that, nothing, none of that worked. So I tried, you know, just going, okay, fine, fine. Just use the goddamn cell network and start downloading shit. And it wouldn't. Right. And I was just like, okay, okay so that's not it either. What, what else can it be? And I'm just like losing my mind. Just absolutely losing my mind, not realizing that I was completely wasting my time. Yeah, totally wasting my time. I never would have got them until I made those changes. 
and put all my library in a playlist and then said, okay, playlist. Get on that phone. Get. Weird. Yeah. Oh. It's frustrating. You know, and here we were, the, the, the podcast before, the episode before, going, iOS, iOS, we love you. Yeah, yeah well, we weren't loving it that no. week. No, when <laughs> it goes bad, it goes bad. Yeah. iCloud has gone bad on me a couple times. We were not loving it that It just that goes week. bad. You just don't understand why. and You type no. in your password and it doesn't work. You're like, what do you mean? Yeah, I know. It doesn't what, what do you work. mean? That's not the... Th- that's my fucking I password. I know. I know. Yeah, it's weird. And then you start thinking, has my account been hacked? Oh, Did yeah. somebody change my password? Like, what is going on? Oh, here's another uh, tech thing that I, I thought I would like to talk about. I was watching a couple of uh, videos from some of the better-known Microsoft fanboys who were going on and on about um, some of the great new things that have been introduced to Windows 11. Yeah. And they said, like, for example, now Windows 11 comes with its own built-in free video editor and screen capture program. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, this, this, this could change things. This could change things. So I'm watching the video, and uh, the program is called ClipChamp. So I watched them uh, demonstrate this thing, and I was like, oh man, i got to check this out. Because, I mean, it's built right into the operating system, and I had it work, had it here. I go into it to try it out, and I made a, I made a demo uh, screen capture video, just like I do in Camtasia, because that's the product yeah. that I normally use at work. I was like, okay, yeah, that's all right. Well, let's see, let's see how easy it is to edit stuff. And I go in, and I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's not too bad. It's it's not what I would call super intuitive, but it's not it's not rocket science. It's not like it's not like trying to learn Photoshop or whatever. Um, and then I tried to add some interesting features, and it's like premium feature. Oh, there you go. And I'm like, what? Okay, all right. Well, I guess we won't be doing that. Uh, oh, oh, you can add music. Okay. Oh, it's got music built in. Oh, eh, premium feature. And I'm like, what? The? Oh, come on. Yeah, that's weird. So it's like, okay, but you know, they're billing it. The fanboys are billing it as a built-in free app. Okay, first of all. How about we not call it built-in if it's pay for premium use? And how about we don't refer to it as free because it's really freemium? Yeah, absolutely. Call it what it is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, once I realized that, you know, they wanted $14 a month to access the premium features of this thing, and it's nowhere near even as sophisticated as a cheap but fully functional uh, screen capture and video editing as Camtasia Studio. I mean, shit, I use Camtasia Studio for all my video editing. It's so good and so easy to use. Right. And I'm just looking at this going, nobody in their right mind is going to pay $14 a month for that once they realize what else is out there. For less money or no money. (laughs) Right. So I was like, yeah, no, not good. But you know what? I think this is just a preview 
of where Windows 11 is going. They're going to go, ooh, look at this new feature we added. Okay, now pay up. It reminds me of something that I really have begun to truly detest. Yeah. And that's subscription services. I hate them. I just... I hate them. Like, it's ruining everything. It is. Like, $14 a month? Yeah. Are you on fucking drugs? I know. Even if it's the greatest app in the world. $14 a month. Right. That's when, when if we were still under the retail model, yeah, pay up front and here you go, have fun, yeah. yeah, you would have maybe let us have that for four or five times that much. At most. Yeah, exactly. At most. Yeah, it would have been like 60 and bucks. And you want that money forever. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No. And that's just so much money. It it's is. so much money. It's too much money. Oh, yeah. And what they don't realize is that, okay, okay, if, if they were convinced that the subscription model was the only way to survive as a business, like how about a dollar? Right. A dollar is like not even a cup of coffee. I think people could live with a dollar. I or, think the problem is, is that people are still are paying it. They are paying it. Because yeah, they don't, that is the right? problem. It's because they people don't have go, a choice. Okay. Well, they don't have a choice. Either you get this software at seven dollars a month, right? Or forever, screw you, or you don't get it yeah, at you all. Don't get it at all. Like there is no, you could pay us a bunch for it. True, but I mean, you know, let's face it though, there are other choices. So I mean, if you weren't willing to pay fourteen dollars a month for Clip ClipChamp, you could find another video editor for less money or even no money. Sure. And have some of those premium features that ClipChamp won't let you have. Right. Until you get past their paywall. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they could do better. Just, you know, if you have to charge, just don't charge so much. Right. Like, yeah, there, and, would, and, be, I mean, there Netflix, would be a number of Netflix services. could learn this lesson, too. Like, you know, they're complaining, well, we lost a million customers last year. Well, yeah. Because you keep raising your goddamn price. Yeah, so they're raising it again. So they're raising it again, and then now they're putting in a, an ad-supported tier for $6 a month. Yep. But not only do you have to listen to or watch four to five minutes worth of ads every hour while you're watching your programming, you're not going to get all the programming. Right. You don't get the 4K anymore. Yeah, no, that's it. It's over. Like, what? what? Who would do that? No one is going to be able to justify paying $6 for, you know, a crumb when you could have the whole pie slice for, you know, for 15 or for whatever, for 14 They're just going to keep buying the one without the ads. Because, you know, guaranteed. The first person who's had it without the ads tries the ad-supported service. They're going to go, this is like broadcast TV all over again. Oh, it is. Well, yeah. Like they just basically reinvented broadcast TV. Yep. So, yeah. Those are my rants for the month or week or whatever. But I know what you really want to talk about. Which one? What do I want to talk about? Our new premiere. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 
Oh, man. What an embarrassment. Move to Alberta. The gong show has only begun. Hashtag not my premiere. That shit is trending like crazy on Twitter. Oh, is it? Yeah, not my premiere. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's just, day one, such an overwhelming embarrassment to this whole province. Yeah. I, I try to be really fair when it comes to knocking down politicians. Yeah. Right? Because you're not going to be ideologically aligned with everybody out Re- there, right? Absolutely, yeah. And you, so be it, mm-hmm. okay? And even though I'm not ideologically aligned with the UCP party, they are in charge and they do get to make the decisions. Right. So hopefully we've got someone in charge that can make decisions that would be palatable to more people than not. Right. That's all you can really hope for. Right. Okay? Yep. That they don't just, you know, run off the rails and just destroy everything as a, as a result of their ego. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you get chosen as the leader of a party, you would think that the time for appealing to the fringe that got you there, you're in. You're in now. You can do whatever you want. They can't renege. And you only had to worry about appealing to the people who are UCP aligned to get in charge of the party. Now that you're the premier, you need to start appealing to everyone yep. in the province, not just the people who got you picked yeah, as they, their new leader. You already have them. You already have them. So why would the first three decisions and the first three things that she chooses to talk about be, oh my God, non-vaccinated people are the most discriminated people in the history of my life. What? Wow. Someone said something hilariously funny uh, just today. I saw it. It made me laugh. Actually, people who don't have Costco cards are the most discriminated people in my lifetime because they don't get to go to Costco. Even fucking people who aren't vaccinated get to go to Costco. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> if you want to really get down to brass tacks and even before I heard somebody say that I thought what about the kids who can't go to school if they're not vaccinated wouldn't they be the most discriminated people in the history of whenever mm-hmm. you know if we're ignoring all the indigenous people and the right. people of color and the yeah. visible minorities yeah, and the, the atrocities people and yeah, right, right. you know all that yeah. shit um <laughs> So I was just like, okay, so wow, wow, number one. Number two, uh, oh, I, I just fired, I just fired uh, the government-supported uh, leading health expert uh, in the government, and now we're going to replace that person with a, uh, a, a group of experts. And what I really mean by that is people who agree with me that we are now in an endemic phase and that the vaccine is a complete waste of time. That's what that really meant. And then thirdly, what was the other thing that she said she wanted to do? Which, by the way, I, I uh, nicknamed the vaccine pity party. <laughs> You're right. Um, and other useless things like whining about what the federal government does to us. What about the really important things we need to worry about right now? 
Yeah. Like the fact that nobody can fucking afford anything. Mm-hmm. And oh, but we're gonna we're gonna help those people who can't afford anything. Not gonna tell you how we're gonna do that, but we we will do that. Starting with putting the gas tax back. What? Did we really need to do that right now? Before your next election? Are we so reliant on the oil and gas tax that we really needed to put that back? We couldn't have waited until after the next election to put that back? Like, what the hell? So now it's even harder to get by Mm -hmm. because of something they just decided to do. Like, it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Absolutely ludicrous. Beyond ludicrous. Yeah, it's terrifying. If, if, I'm like, I'm blown away on so many If I had told levels. you that the next premier of the, of the province was going to say, um, we're going to make vaccin- vaccination status a human right so that it can't be discriminated against anymore. Holy fuck. Would you have believed me? I don't think you would have. Because the ramifications of that basically means that if that law holds up, and by the way, it won't. No way. The minute it gets challenged, it'll be tossed. Absolutely. Just like everything else that she's trying to do. Right. Uh, Which is, yet yet again, a real brain scratcher. Because why would you try to do things It's what she did in the Wild Rose Party. I know. It's why she got the boot. Does she still think she has a radio show? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. I I really don't. I can't explain it. She's such a And even other people that have known her Uh said, she's a smart person. Why is she doing this? Right. Yeah, like what's the move? What is the move? Is the move to not get elected so that, you know, she'll get tossed as leader as quickly as she got in so that somebody else... Maybe. Who's a little more reasonable? Maybe she's to take over maybe the party? she's on the inside. Maybe she's fucking Notley's like best friend from college. She's on the inside and she's gonna sink the UCP because that's what she's doing. And like I can't stand the UCP, but this is gonna be a long fucking four months. It will be a real long four yes. months. Yes, and the and the NDP camp right now are probably going. Oh, yeah. This is going to be great. (laughs) Because they're going to have so much ammunition. Yeah. But the problem is, the problem is, and this is my beef with it, is that the UCP party elected this woman in. Yes. Who is a disaster. Not overwhelmingly, I might add. No, no. It was, it was hair of... It was quite close. It was very close. Yes. Certainly way too close to be pulling this horse shit. Yeah. Right? I know, right? <laughs> but they still did. There's still a core group of... Who support her. Yeah, and I don't For know... For whatever reason. And I don't know what stereotypes to attach to them without sounding like a total piece of shit. Because that I'm not going to say the R word. But... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. Um, they... They elected her. Yeah. Like, they really did. She did win. Yes. She did go into power. So, she's just but such she a won, failure. But she won on a platform of, I'm going to show those people. But it worked. That's I, the part I that... So that's I, the sad part. I can't stand the fact that she's in. 
but I can't stand more that people elected her to be in. Mm-hmm. She's just such a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, her own party gave her the boot, and it dissolved the whole party. Yeah. So let's give her a huge party that's in power. What's wrong with you people? Yeah, but you know what? And I, and I get into a lot of trouble for saying this, because this is a phenomenon that also continues to happen in other parts of the country. Um, sp- specifically Quebec. Um, whenever, whenever, once I left Quebec and was in the military and met people from other parts of the country, mm-hmm. and they found out that I was from Quebec, they would come to me and ask me questions like, Hey, Carl, can you clue us in on what the whole separatist movement is all about? Because we don't get it. Right. And I'd be like, what about it don't you get? And they'd be like, how can there be so many people in that province who think that A, Canada doesn't like them, B, they're out to get them, and C, their, their whole culture and uniqueness is at risk unless they completely isolate themselves from the rest of the country culturally right, and politically. And I said, what you have to understand is that the majority of separatist people in the province of Quebec are not the business leaders in Montreal or Quebec City. The people who deal with others from around the world for their livelihood. Right. The separatists are young university students who need a cause to believe in and oh there's one and they rally around it even though they don't even understand what the ramifications of separation would be for the province economically never mind politically and the rural vote who are so isolated from what's really going on in the world they only they believe everything their politicians tell them So when their politicians tell them Canada doesn't respect you and you're going to lose your culture unless you stand up and vote us to protect you, they they fall for it, even though it's total BS. Because, I mean, you know, how long has it been since the Parti Québécois has been in power? Decades. Is Quebec still a thriving cultural force? Goddamn rights. How is that possible? How is that actually possible right because it was all a fucking lie it was all a lie so the same can probably be said for alberta the fringe of alberta politics and our alberta ideology are not in calgary right and for the most part nor are they in edmonton right they are out there in the sticks isolated from the rest of the cultural and ideological melting pot that that is Calgary and Edmonton and to a lesser extent you know Red Deer Lethbridge yep and you're probably not. about as far as it goes well yeah there's not really much anything left but I but, think the last you know what I mean mentioned or... if if um, if the rural vote had little to no power and influence on a political party, we wouldn't even be talking these talking points. No. 
No, I agree. Period. All yeah. stop. Yeah, man. Representational, representational uh, government, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. What's really unfortunate about this whole fiasco is that um, she's not going to suffer in any way for all of the stupid things that she's, staying, that she's saying. But the people who really need her to do something about what ails the province are basically sitting around going, what is she talking about? Why isn't she talking about the things that we need her to talk about? Right. Why isn't she talking about things that would actually get her elected by the majority of Albertans? Yeah, it's, it is weird. Like, really? Still it just about doesn't vaccination? make any sense. Yeah, still, I know. I know. Still. Like, I get like, it. Get over it. Like, I get you guys are mad. Yeah, but yeah, it's but over. What it's can't over. you guys do now? And, like, you know, even can, the statement of, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make sure that the province is officially treating COVID as an endemic. Uh, hate to break it to you. They're probably going to announce worldwide that it's endemic in the next month. Right. Because all of the symptoms that you can get from COVID that would have normally put a healthy person in the hospital are now being experienced by less than 15% of COVID positive right. tested people. All that's left now is sore throat, runny nose, stuffy nose, cough, with or without phlegm, headache, yeah. and the rest of the stuff has fallen off the cliff. So it's now an inconvenience if you're a healthy person, just like the flu. Right. Within a month, they will officially declare at the WHO, we are in the endemic phase. So get over yourself. I didn't realize I had so much rage pent up in me this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when we started this podcast, we said we weren't going to rant or bitch. But apparently that's what this episode bitch is. Bitch Fest 2022! Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, this was an angry one. Well, not really angry. I think exasperated is yeah. probably perturbed. A perturbed. Yes, <laughs> we are perturbed. Quite perturbed. We are not amused. Yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> what else should we talk about? Oh, I read a new book. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I found this through Goodreads or somebody wrote an article. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Somebody wrote an article. Uh, here's. Or, or a YouTube video, here's 10 science fiction books you should probably read if you get a chance. And uh, this book is that was actually written many, deca many decades ago. It was originally called Tiger, Tiger, Tiger mm -hmm. by, by Alfred Bester. Mm -hmm. And then it got re-released under the title The Stars, My Destination, which... They really should have just left it at the original title because I don't think you're allowed. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, they would have. Uh, you you would have got the joke of the title by the end of the book anyway. Sure. So, uh, but yeah, it was. Um, and and the the person who wrote the description of the book and why you should read it was bang on because they basically said if you've ever wondered what mild introductory 
steampunk neuromancer style science fiction was like and you wanted kind of like a gentle let me hold your hand while you read this primer this was a good book to do it okay because the character was okay i i can i can deal with this this is not like what the hell's going on yeah you know what i mean not so far out there that you had to stop reading and sort of digest what you just read for the last paragraph or two it had nice flow to it, nothing too deep, nothing too difficult to understand. Glossing over a lot of technology that just did, really didn't need to be explained. Right, not the right, not the book for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a nice, fun little ride. Cool. Yeah, um, and I agree. If, you're, if you've never uh, read a lot of science fiction, that might not be a bad book to... Get a start. Let me go check it out. Yeah. I've read uh, four. Wow. <laughs> well, of course you have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first one was called uh, The Last Canadian. Ooh. Yeah. And that was its original press name, and it was written in 1973. Wow. And it was re-released as Death Wind. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has to rename their book eventually, eh? right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a uh, last Canadian. Yeah, it's about a disease that fucking kills everybody. Ooh, yeah, and about a family that lives in like the Montreal or something. Really? Yeah, and uh, have to figure their shit out. Wow, it was it was a good book, huh? It was good. It was short. Uh, Canadian author, obviously. Uh, I don't I know imagine. if actually. I don't know if he was. Oh, really? Probably. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, pretty. Yeah, real short. Two hundred and fifty pages. Right. Yeah. Uh, Walk in the Woods. Mm. Rediscovering the America, on the Appalachian Trail. Oh. By Bill Bryson. Yeah. yeah. Didn't. Um... Somebody famous accompany him on that trip? No. No? It was a movie. Somebody oh, that's what it was. Somebody made it into a movie. Oh. And an actor played his part in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I heard it's yeah, I heard it's it a was really good. good story. Yeah, it was a good story. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was Did you learn anything about the Appalachians that you didn't know about uh, reading the book? Probably, but nothing I could probably I could articulate. Right. But yeah, there was, there was some cool little tidbits yeah, like, of info. Right. Yeah. But because it's on the other side of the continent. Yeah. To me, like, you can't really identify with it. That, and I don't really care. Right. Right. right? You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, had I had the book been about a, a trail that goes through Banff, or yeah, down the west coast. Yeah. Right. With places that I've been yes. seen or care about. You could about. go, oh, I know that place. Right. Yeah. And, oh, that's interesting about that yeah. mountain that yeah. I had fucking seen. Yeah. Right. The other one was called Moon of the Crusted Snow. Hmm. And that was a book about, it was a, an apocalyptic book. Everybody dies. But it was written by a native guy, and it's about... Native people who live in a reservation mm -hmm. uh, up north, uh, northern Ontario or okay. something. 
Anyway, <clears throat> it was just like, how do these people who live way the fuck out of nowhere yeah. deal with like the world turning off and mm. shit like that? Right. And um, it won an award for the best like uh, best debut um, book back in 2018. And I thought it was a terrible book. <laughs> it was poorly written. It was uh, a pretty lame story. And uh, it was it it was trying to be too too nativey, and and I have no qualms or issues with that at all. It was just the wrong fucking book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It hey, they're not all going to be home runs, man. No, no, and it really wasn't. And uh, the last one uh, was the Great Train Robbery by uh, Michael Crichton. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think. I had mentioned that I had started it and started stopped. It. Yeah, yeah, and stopped because I was, it just wasn't my jam. And uh, you finally finished it. I did. Yeah, yeah. And are you glad you did? Mm, yeah, I'm more indifferent. Like it was, it was all right. It wasn't yeah. great. It wasn't great. Okay. It took me a while to read. Uh, it wasn't, definitely not his best book. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I did mention in our last podcast that I had read Airframe. Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the book that I read before that uh, was The Space Between Worlds. I don't know if I mentioned <clears throat> that one to you. It's by, I may be pronouncing his name right, My Micaia. Micah? No, it's M-I-C-I-A-I-H. So, Micaiah, it's probably Micaiah, but anyway, Micaiah Johnson, mm -hmm. The Space Between Worlds. Uh, the premise was kind of interesting. Um, the idea was that humanity, or at least an element of humanity, had figured out how to cross into other dimensions. You did talk about this book. The, the exquisite details of why that was so important are slowly fading away from my brain now. Right. But it, the, the significance of that technology was that if you went to a dimension where you died because of something you did, it had ripple effects on other dimensions that you were in. So the idea was to visit those other dimensions and take care of people who should not be allowed to continue living so as to sort of, you know, neuter them in this world oh, okay. kind of thing. Interesting. Without giving too much away. Sure, sure, sure. And... It just goes from there. As the story is told, more details are revealed and you start going, oh, Jesus. Okay, now that, that has opened a can of worms that I'm not sure I could, I could get on board with or whatever. And things become morally and ethically ambiguous to the point where you're starting to wonder if now the hero of the story is really the hero. And then you realize that, yeah, actually maybe they are uh, because just when you think that they couldn't get any worse it turns out that the whole fucking shebang has been you know 
uh, manipulated by really, really bad people. So um, it, it was a good book. It was a good story. The problem was that um, it just seemed to get a little bit too detailed in places that I felt it didn't need to get detailed and it lacked detail or explanation in areas that I thought they could have right. The contrast between better. Yeah. the two, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But not so badly that I went, fuck this book and put it down like you did with uh, mm -hmm. The Great Train Robbery. Um, I did manage to stick with it uh, all the way through to the end and then thought, okay, all right, that was... That was something I read. Yeah, that was all right. Um, you know, again, not a five out of five uh, by any stretch, but um, definitely an, an incredibly interesting premise. That's cool. Like That's one fun. that could easily be turned into a fucking TV series. Like, holy shit. You know, what's that TV show that used to be on in the 80s or 90s or whatever about the guy who kept going back in time? Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. It would have been a great modern reinterpretation a, a la Quantum Leap. Cool. Just unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, it, they, would, they would have had to have, like, really great writers to make the stories just like, oh, my God. And make sure you still had Ziggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only been two books that I've stopped. One was Neuromancer. Mm-hmm. And the other was that I it, heard Neuromancer is really tough. Holy fuck. Like, there's just so much Wait, going on in too that much. book. It was too much for and me, And stuff that you don't understand on a first read. No, you don't. No, the terminology just, is no, just, it just makes completely it, Yeah, foreign. they make up terminology that yeah. they don't explain. No. No. You have you to just, figure it out and interpret it with yeah. your imagination. Yeah, and I was like... Hoping mm. that the more you read, it'll finally actually start making sense. Yeah, and to some readers it does, and to some readers it does not. Nope. Yeah, I know. I, I, I did not succeed with it either. No. I think I made it ten pages, and I was just like, too hard. Yeah. Too hard. Brain no like. Yeah, my brain no like for sure. <laughs> and the other one was that engineering book about traffic. That you recommended. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never finished it either. No, I only got about 40% through. And yeah. I was like... And then I started uh, like yeah. trying to find parts that I thought would find I would find more interesting. And I couldn't even get through those. Right. So you would hope that he would write a book that was engaging. Like, make it interesting. And I mean, could and that content have been more engaging if it was actually done in, an, in, a, in a, you know... A movie, a video format? Maybe. But you could have probably made your whole point in 20 minutes. That's what I found about the book. I read 40% and I'm like, okay, you've I get made it. your point. Yeah, I get Like, it. I can't imagine that the latter half of this book is going to have some profound point. Right. My book is uh, finally written, I think. Ooh. I'm... I'm I believe of all the words that are going to finally appear in the book, 95% of them are probably in there. Cool. And now I'm just like rereading and tweaking and I'm actually uh, reading it to Darlene now mm -hmm. to see what she thinks of it and whether she has any um, thoughts to add because I still find myself describing things 
whilst forgetting that the people who are going to be reading this book don't know what that is, don't know what that means, and I should probably do a better job of explaining what that whole culture is about as I'm talking about it. That's the danger of things with a culture in itself or jargon. Yeah, is exactly. that you forget that people don't know what the That's fuck right. you're talking That's about. That's right. That's right. Especially when it's been such a core part of you. Exactly. So I've really had to watch for that. I've uh, had to watch for repeating the same words over and over again. So it's it's coming along. Talk about stuff. I don't have an editor, unfortunately, for this book. I lost my editor.